Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are back with the third episode in the Humankind in Counseling segment. And just before we get going, Shauna, how are you? Good. I'm awesome. Yeah? Yeah. I'm excited about this episode. Yeah, this is going to be exciting. Jeremy, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Hopefully I'll have more input because you guys have been hogging the mic lately. We welcome that. (laughs) We welcome that. I need to represent the women. That's right. Yeah. Holla, women out there. (laughs) No? Okay, whatever. No, but I just want to let you know because it is a beautiful summer day that you know what's on my mind right now. You just had to. I had, I had, had to. to do that. Thank you. Very I much. had to. I live with him, you guys. Yes. <laughs> that is a refreshing sound. I'm totally outnumbered. Who doesn't get excited when they hear that? That's I wish right. I would get a refreshing smell around the house, you know, more so than the sound. I think the first episode you said there was interesting smells because anyway, there's boys around. Yeah, I, think I know I know the ladies out there who have an all-guy home knows exactly what I'm talking about. So Oh, and we're the only contributors to this to the smell anyway. around the house. Yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa. Like okay. I'm fighting back today. <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah. what are we talking about today? Uh, today how apropos, new heart, new life, mm-hmm. new smells. Okay. No, we're uh, we're kind of wrapping up this uh, this part on humankind and counseling, and just the just the reality of opposing worldviews uh, when it comes to our world and our culture. Uh, a secular worldview of anthropology versus a biblical worldview of anthropology, and just the last two episodes, uh, kind of getting into establishing those views and then discussing those views. And in this episode, we want to take a look at just the reality of we're obviously uh, on the biblical worldview side, so we want to talk about just the reality of a new heart, new life, talking about what that means. And so obviously a difference between um, the worldviews is uh, as a, you know, as a, in a biblical worldview of anthropology, uh, it's not that I need to be a better me. Uh, I need a new me. Uh, I need a new heart because of like what we talked about in the last episode, just talking about that, uh, the S word sin. And it's, it's obviously, it's real in a biblical worldview. And um, we realize that uh, we need Christ and in, in Christ, we are a new creation. So with that, we have a new heart and a new life. And so we want to just focus on that. Uh, lastly, in this uh, episode, this part on humankind and counseling. So Jeremy, um, I, look, I hear some pages of scripture turning. So uh, what are you going to read for us? Yeah. So in this, this idea of new, new heart, new life, uh, I think the opening sentence in this chapter is that the gospel completely rewires human psychology. Mm-hmm. The gospel changes our thoughts, our affections. We have eyes to see things that we weren't able to see before. And a great place to to get a, a, a picture of that is in Ephesians 2. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Mm. Mm. That's all of humanity outside the gospel. Uh, but then verse 4, this beautiful verse, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. And upon that salvation, those desires, those affections, those thoughts, all of that begins to change, and, it, and it, it's not necessarily an instant change where it's, it goes from all evil and sinful to all holy and righteous as far as 
our daily lives, but we, we begin to enter this dance we call sanctification, where progressively through all things that we're experiencing, the Holy Spirit is continuing to rewire and heal the heart. Actually, um, this this is one of the passages that um, in our Truth or New uh, training program, uh, we had someone ask, like, what are scripture verses that would be good to memorize? And this is a good one. You know, Ephesians mm-hmm. 2, chapter 2 is a great uh, chapter to explain the gospel. And so counselors out there, uh, verses 1 through um, 10 would be a great scripture passage to memorize. So yes. just throwing that out there. Yeah, you know, and it's to that point in reading Ephesians 2, you know, just continuing to look back at the the humanistic worldview of anthropology. What's interesting about that versus a biblical worldview is it's not about bettering the old man, which was which is a secular mm-hmm. view. Yeah. A biblical worldview is like, no, it's cultivating the new man. That's great. So we had to die to sin, become a new creation. Regeneration. Regenerating a believer, having a, a, a new creation and, and, and can being converted into that. So we're, we're not trying to better the old man in counseling. That's right. We're actually trying to cultivate the new man, you know, and, and, and so That's with good. that, like you were talking about with just the idea of new heart comes with new passions, mm-hmm. but we're still in conflict with the old passions. That's good. And just kind of the war, which you obviously get into in your book, which thoughts on that? I think that's wonderful. You know, just talking about the war, uh, just to give people biblical reference for that, Galatians 5, Paul tells us this, but I say walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So he's exposing something that is very prevalent in psychology. What's going on inside that motivates us? And he's exposing a loyalty war within the within the human heart. So I like that loyalty so war. It's in good. The biblical counseling community, I would uh, I would credit guys like Ed Welch and Paul Tripp and David Pallison with this idea. But they ca- they conceptualize the human heart as that of an active heart of worship, right? Uh, so that everything is ultimately rooted in what we ultimately worship. And we do want to point out in that passage, we don't want to have the mindset there of like Star Wars, where mm-hmm. there's the dark force and the and the light, and which one is going to win out? It's kind of in the last episode you brought that up. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. the last one. The holy, the bonus episode of yeah, the Holy the bonus Spirit. Episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not a gentleman. No, yeah. and and the Holy Spirit is 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 working in us, and he is he's transforming our desires on his timetable, and according to his eternal plan. Uh, but it's everything we're doing, as we're saying, we've said it, I think, in the last episode. Uh, the Bible looks at this as becoming an issue of worship. So the heart is active. There's a lot of activity. There's a loyalty that's raging within us, a new war. Uh, before, there really wasn't one. We were loyal to the flesh. We were loyal to ourselves. Now we've been catapulted into the kingdom of light, and we are learning through life and by God's grace how to live a life with desires and affections that are far more loyal to, to God. It's mm, good. It's good. And actually, you mentioned heart, and so I kind of flip back um, in your book on page one thirty six. You um, you you kind of break down the heart. Uh, scholars point to the fact that the word heart in scripture refers to various aspects of people's makeup, including desires, longings, thoughts, and perceptions. And then you mentioned Robert Roberts mm-hmm. considers the heart as the seat of human functioning, responsible for those. Things such as wishes, cares, intentions, plans, motives, emotions, thoughts, attitudes, and imaginings. I think that's good because sometimes we can use heart, you know, 
that sums up everything in which it really does. But as a counselor, you know, to really clarify, I still think that there are specifics that you can go to um, in which then the next chapter you really focus on desires. And so, yeah, share a little bit about that. The heart does include all of those things you just mentioned. Robert Mm -hmm. Roberts is a uh, philosophy professor, renowned philosophy professor at Baylor University. So things like our our perspective, our perception, what we want, what we think, how we feel, all of those things would be included in a biblical understanding of of the heart. And and I think biblical counseling is going to address each of those. Uh, A major construct that we find in Scripture is centered in the place of desires. Augustine wrote a lot on this. Uh, Martin Luther wrote a lot on this. The modern guy writing on it big time right now is uh, James K.A. Smith, uh, You Are What You Love. Um, but this idea that what we want is ultimately going to motivate us to do what we do. In Jonathan Edwards' uh, book, The Freedom of the Will, he comes down to this final conclusion that the will moves in the direction of what it wants most in a given moment. So rather than a needs-based mindset, so we hear a lot about uh, certain needs needing to be met in order for us to function well. People don't realize it, but the main proponent of that early on was the guy we mentioned, I think, in the first episode, Abraham Maslow and his hierarchy of needs, uh, where he went beyond physical needs and began to say, we have certain emotional needs, and if those emotional needs aren't met, we're not going to be able to function. And that's been tr- translated into some very self-help kind of mm-hmm. things where mm-hmm. a husband will say to his wife, I'm not affectionate with you because you don't fulfill my need for respect. And so that, that again, is a very passive heart model. Mm-hmm. What we would say is that what the heart does is it, t- because we're still wrestling with sin, is that the heart will tend to elevate appropriate desires to the level where they become inappropriate and where they ultimately become sinful. Uh, So that if I want that respect from my wife so badly that I'm refusing the command of my Lord to love my neighbor, then suddenly I have entered into the realm of what we would call idolatry. You see that language in uh, Colossians 3 verse 5 with uh, the Apostle Paul again. He says to put off several things, and the last three things he says, evil desires and coveting, which is idolatry. So he brings this, this whole idea of desire into the realm of worship. Mm-hmm. So, we, But we want to be careful because not all desire. we don't want to take a Buddhist mindset where the ultimate place of spirituality is no desire. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that we are uh, engaging in the exercise of making sure that the desire to glorify God the desire to love God and neighbor are always the prominent desires that are motivating me in what I do and think. So that the desire for respect or the desire for love or the desire for affirmation, any of those things, we don't need to get rid of them. We just need to make sure they're subordinate in our soul and not overtaking those other desires to glorify God. And to Where love Paul God. like really talks about the put on aspect, right, too? Correct. And the inner character, the yes. heart being kind of the whole person type of thing. Yes. Yeah. So Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, mm-hmm. put off the old self, which Mike talked about a second ago, which is being corrupted by deceitful desire. Mm-hmm. I actually have it open here to put off your, it's it's uh, Ephesians 4, 22, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, which is created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
And can't, can't you hear the psychology and all of that? Mm-hmm. That Paul was talking about the same things that Freud was talking about. He was uh, the, the mind, renewing the mind. Uh, we see that a lot in cognitive psychology these days. And, and just this idea, if we choose to believe or follow the desires of the heart or of mm-hmm. the old self, that it will produce corruption in our lives. And that kind of corruption, let, let me just give an example. If I deceitfully covet the desire for love, it's okay to want love. But if I covet love, if love becomes an idol in my heart, then the fleshly belief that I might be falling prey to is that my sense of self depends on others loving me in meaningful ways. Or it might influence this idea because I want it so badly and I'm not getting it to the level I think I need it, I can begin to think I'm unlovable. And the corruption that that can produce is self-centeredness, insecurity, frustration with others, feelings of worthlessness, and it can also create in me a tendency to be very manipulative in relationships to get the thing that I think I need in that relationship. Well, in that context, you're definitely taking your eyes off of God's love and making it a worldly love, Uh, which to an extent sometimes, you know, when I think about the five love languages, I don't like to start there because it's always about God's love first. And he and he, if his love abides in us, you know, that's what that four letter word really means. And then through that, now we know how to express our love. Yes. Not really kind of identifying, you know, the love languages more so just what is God's love? Yeah. Unconditional, sacrificially. And then now how does that, how do we live that out? Yeah, and mm-hmm. sometimes, probably not intentionally, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but uh, books like The Five Love Languages, which give us some good wisdom mm-hmm. on just knowing others well, mm-hmm. what it can actually turn into because we live in such a psychologized culture. And I do think it's built on the premise that we all are empty love tanks. Mm-hmm. And if we'll just learn how to fill each other's tanks well, then we'll function well. Uh, and that's a very secular mindset because in 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 my heart, if I if that were true that there, that I'm an empty love tank and then I've got to find something thing or someone to fill that what the Christian has done is said well God is supposed to fill your love tank but that's that's not a very accurate view of the human heart the way I see it because my heart still wrestles with a depravity that can convince me that not even God is enough and I can see that living itself out in my day to day life I can be in church worshiping feeling as though God has filled my love tank and so I should walk out of that church just uh, blowing up with the love of God towards my neighbor, right? Spiritually swole. Spiritually, spiritually swole. But I can drive out into traffic, someone cut me off, and in one second, sinful anger takes over. What just happened? My love, my love tank's full. Well, it's it's because it's not a love tank issue. It's a it's a a loyal a war of loyalties, and in that moment, I functionally exhibited what I was most loyal to in that situation when a car cut me off. Mine, Which mine is, is self-centeredness when, and self-preservation. That's right. Mine is when they get in the turning lane too quick, right? It just happened this morning. It, <laughs> yeah, literally. Man, quit doing that. Don't get in the turning lane until you're ready to turn. <laughs> Don't drive so early. But and did you did you realize in that moment yes. that the Holy Spirit was at work yes, and showing you totally. things? Totally. But you know, here I like that you, you know, reminded us like books like, you know, the five love languages gives us some wisdom. And obviously God wrote, you know, a hundred one and other scriptures in here. And mm-hmm. so knowing that Absolutely. horizontal relationship is very important on how we live it out. I think what I want to make sure that the counselors leave with is don't 
start there. We are so quick to go to the books, even Jeremy's book. Don't go to the book first, right. but it's the scripture. And so in a counseling room, you would want to reconnect and define love with them about like maybe a first John chapter four, like what is God's love? Mm. And then, okay, now how are we living that out? And making sure that Michael isn't the one who satisfies my love. God does, but then obviously Michael and our one another and the unity that God's created, we model and live out God's love It's good uh, within each other. And we enjoy God's love with one another, and then we get to pour that out in unity to other people. Yes. And so I think it's all about kind of um, making sure that we're on, I guess, maybe the process of the counseling part. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. Any yes. other input on that? Just starting with God's love first and then the I think song. I think what you're saying is critical. We we have too many books that we run to first mm-hmm. before we run to the Holy Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, just our concept of love, and it, there's an interesting passage in Scripture. I can't remember where it is exactly, but Paul says, pay off all your debts except for your unending debt to love one another. That's a very different way to conceptualize love. Love is a debt I owe to every person on this planet not something that I need to be looking to get mm-hmm. as a means to fulfill me ultimately. Mm-hmm. But the idea that uh, don't start with the book, mm-hmm. start with the scriptures. Uh, I think we as counselors really need to challenge ourselves mm-hmm. to run to the Bible, to, to create, to develop uh, methods and ways to answer some of the dil- dilemmas that are going to come into our, our offices without running to a book and another person's opinion. Immediately, yes. though, though books are wonderful and yeah. we all love books, right. I think there's a lot of wisdom in what you were saying there. Mm-hmm. And so Colossians 3, which you mentioned earlier, I have it open here on verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other mm-hmm. as the Lord has forgiven you. And so you also must forgive or we talked about forgive um, you know, in the last episode, I have doing been doing a Titus study with um, uh, some close women. And one of the things I remember in Titus talking about, like adorning ourselves with the word of God. And so realizing that we actually, you know, focusing how many of us, well, here I am representing women, but we focus on our outward beauty or the things on the outside and even how, like how we're doing certain things and how does that represent the Lord and more so focusing on the inner beauty and the, the put on characteristics on the inside and, and making more effort and that a priority in our life and then how that is lived out, I think is very important. And so obviously when we talk about desires of the heart, making sure that we're aligning with God first and, and, and if we're focusing on that moment by moment, thought by thought of God's will first, you know, if I'm focusing on how can I love and serve God to the fullest versus my own selfish desires or, you know, the worldly type standpoint, I think we'll naturally do well in living for him in the fullness. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Any other input on that? Yeah, no, that's that's good. And uh, actually, we're uh, short on time. But? But I think this is uh, just a, a good part to a closing and just realizing that, you know, as – as new creations with new hearts and, and, and having new life and realizing we have new battles and that we are constantly going to be struggling, Jeremy, with, as you said, uh, well, with that uh, loyalty war, 
Yes. And just realizing that in God's grace, he's afforded us those opportunities to grow in that and make war on that, the the bigger the bigger push for all of us. Um, and that's really what we're trying to accomplish, you know, when it comes to counseling and really counseling one another. Donna, you mentioned uh, earlier just uh, the, you know, over 100 references to one anothering well and what the body does for one another and to one another. Uh, and so that's, that's kind of where uh, we definitely want to close in on this on this piece in this episode, but just want to encourage our listeners, obviously going to scripture first, that's your basis for everything. But as far as Jeremy's book, uh, again, just probably do a few more episodes on his book to uh, a few other chapters uh, on some things uh, that he covers really well, uh, just to kind of give us a basis. So, yeah, but I just, I wanted to make sure that I take time here because you know how I'm big on these how to's and yeah. um, on page 149. Um, and then and Jeremy can wrap us up for, for today. Um, and this was so good. I, I obviously Colossians 3 and Ephesians 4 are some of my favorite chapters um, because there really is, man, when you break that scripture down, there's so much good stuff in there. And um, here's what here's what I love that um, I'm glad that you included in your book, because even on previous podcasts, this would be really good, kind of how we're summing it up. We talked about Galatians 5 before. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. But then we also talked about, I think it was the last episode, the power of sin, right? We're free from that power of sin. And so you gave us, as a biblical counselor, like a new way to actually explain this to someone. So he goes, his words remind believers, this is Paul's words, uh, of their new spirituality, alive condition and encourage them to live in step with the spirit by whom they are now empowered to obey. So the Holy Spirit, in which we talked about that in our Holy Spirit podcast, the biblical counselor would not, would not say to the person struggling with alcohol, I encourage you to live by the spirit by changing your habits of drinking. Instead, he would say, since the spirit has made you alive, you are now empowered to live a life of self-control. And you are now empowered to put away the lifestyle of drunkenness. And how amazing is that? It's not about what I'm doing, but the spirit and the power of the spirit. Literally, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that's within you. Yes. That is what we define as empowerment from a biblical perspective to say, and self-control is throughout scripture of how important that is. It's not self like me self-controlling, but more yeah. so it's a fruit of the spirit great. that we then get to. And so how awesome is that? And just a, a, the the change of the way that though that's worded and taking that one one scripture verse and being able to speak right into someone's life of sin and, and, and uh, encouraging them in the power of, that's within. That's wonderful. So, yeah. And just to build on that, really, um, I thought we would just read this passage in Absolutely. closing. And then, yeah. and then, Mike, it's all yours. Titus 3, uh, verse 3. This basically sums up what we've talked about today. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, Slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, who he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Mm. And that, that closes. Yeah, that, that's good. And again, so just to, to wrap up these three, uh, these three segments and three episodes, uh, just comparing the two uh, biblical 
worldview of anthropology and the uh, humanistic worldview of anthropology. It's not about bettering the old man, but it's about cultivating the new man. So uh, we will see you guys next time. 